I find that the people who are actually successful and, and live the lives that they really want to live on their own terms, they don't allow themselves to become victims at, at any point. That doesn't mean that bad things don't happen to you or adversity doesn't strike, but the way you're thinking about navigating that determines where you end up. All right, everybody. Welcome back to the latest episode of the Post Game Podcast. I appreciate you tuning in. My guest today is the man Taj Deshaun. Uh, Taj is a former college football player at Stony Brook University. And most recently, he's the founder of a company called Thrive After Sports. So after graduating, Taj held a number of jobs and really was just trying to figure out the best route for him to go in his career. He would ask himself questions probably that many of us ask to ourselves, uh, things like, what's the best career path for me? Why am I not hearing back from any of these jobs I'm applying for? Uh, should I maybe go back to school for an MBA? Should I start my own business, et cetera, et cetera. Now, ultimately, Taj would go on to found his current company, Thrive After Sports. It's a program for athletes adapting to life after the game. His mission, it's simple. It's to equip athletes with the tools to thrive in life after sports. Uh, in his own words, not only do I help former players land jobs and start businesses, I help them find fulfillment in every area of their lives, which is awesome. Uh, in this episode, we talk about how to find people living the type of life you want to live. Uh, we discuss mentorship and apprenticeship, and Taj walks us through a simple exercise to find out what you truly want, uh, and there's much more as well. So excited for you to give this one a listen. Um, really appreciated Taj's time. He, he's a really interesting dude and is doing great things for people. So I uh, would love for you to reach out uh, with any thoughts. And without further ado, here's my conversation with Taj Deshaun. All right, we are live here with Taj Deshaun. Taj, th thanks for coming on, man. Joe, uh, thank you for having me, man. It's It's been an honor ever since we connected. Nothing but good conversations have come from it, and I've become a fan of your show, so honored to be a guest. I appreciate that. Yeah, and, and we've we connected uh, probably a few months ago at this point. I, I reached out just from seeing some of your your content and listening to your podcast a little bit and, and have enjoyed your episodes. And Honestly, just enjoy what you're what you're doing for people. You know, I think it resonates. Like it's funny coming across uh, things at certain times in your life, and what you were posting resonated with with what I was experiencing at the time. So I'm appreciative of of what you're doing for former athletes and and just people trying to quote unquote figure it out uh, in general. So yeah. thank you, sir. Thank you for listening to my show, and thank you for the feedback that you know it's actually resonating with folks. That's why I put it out there. So. Hopefully, you know, people who are going through what I went through at one point or just people who resonate with any of the messages I'm sharing. It's like it, it's a good affirmation to know that it's actually landing, you know, so you thank go. you for that, Joe. Of course. Of course. So so in, instead of asking you like to tell you your full life story and what, how you got to <laughs> got to playing college ball and, and playing at Stony Brook and, and everything, I figured I'd ask you uh, a little bit about your Stony Brook career, but specifically on the website, so I, I couldn't find Taj Deshaun. I found Taj 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 Johnson, right? Yes, sir. You put my government name out there. That's my full name, Taj Deshaun Johnson. Yeah. Okay. If that's not if that's not too personal, I'm just curious what the, you know, why. So, 
in 2018, when I first started Thrive After Sports, uh, the advice I got, I, I took like a a course on how to start like a coaching business, right? And they were suggesting, this was before I had the name Thrive After Sports. I just knew I wanted to work with athletes. And they were suggesting to start like the coaching business under your name. So to make a long story short, I was looking for like TajJohnson.com and it was taken for like someone who had like a flag football league. <laughs> it was, I'm like, what the hell is this? I tried reaching out to the guy, never got back to me. And then also, I don't know if you know, I think it's either Tiki Barber's wife or someone's wife. Her name is Taj Johnson. And I was like, you know what? Why don't I just go by Taj Deshaun? And I started going by that because I'm the only Taj Deshaun. So that way when people Google Taj Deshaun, nothing but my stuff comes up and I don't get confused as Tiki Barber's wife or someone trying to organize a flag football league. So I've just ran with it since 2018, man. All right. Well, it's good to not get mixed up. Yeah, with with somebody's wife that'd be pretty awkward so that's yeah that that's uh that's good i so i was curious about that but um but like i said though mate you're you're doing you're doing good stuff for people um with with thrive after sports and i know you went through your own journey a little bit just in terms of uh you know you wrap up sports and then you're trying to i i use the term figure it out whatever that means for each individual people but you're you're trying to get a hold on what you're going to do after sports. So can you just, just briefly just walk me through, like you graduate Stony Brook, um, you're back home, I, th- I think at your parents' house, right? And just maybe those first couple of jobs and, and like what you were doing and, and what inspired you to be, get on the path that you are now. I think figure it out is a great way to phrase it. Um, I really, I'll talk about the first couple of jobs. But before that, I like to say that I had an extended college. You've probably heard me say that on the podcast, just because I didn't even know how to put a resume together. Uh, Like, I didn't know what kind of jobs I was going for. I was really just in a space of, you know, oh, I'm in the real world now. I guess I should try to get a job. How do I do that? What kind of jobs do I want? So the quick version of my career was, you know, after I stopped drinking and partying all the time and just really playing video games, not doing anything productive, I started out in sales because sales jobs are always hiring. So that was my first job. I was working for Xerox selling copy machines. It was miserable. There were days where I wouldn't even get out of the car. I would just drive to the office for the morning meeting. And uh, instead of going out and prospecting or dropping in on businesses all day, I would just drive back to the house and just be chilling at home. So obviously not super enthusiastic about that. What I realized from that was I wanted to do something that wasn't as transactional as sales. Not that there's anything wrong with sales, especially if you're selling something you believe in. And you know, as you know, there's an element of sales to everything that we do in life. You have to sell yourself in some way, shape, or form uh, for many different reasons. But I say all that to say, I realized that I wanted to do something that was more focused on helping people. So I made a pivot from sales into a career services role at the Art Institute, where I was basically helping students get from point A to point B helping them get clear on what type of jobs they were looking for, helping them get prepped for interviews, then actually going out in the community and developing relationships with employers and creating networking events. So that was really the catalyst to like, oh, I really enjoy this. I'm good at it. I'm getting promoted. And that, as you might imagine, the work that I do with retiring athletes now, there's a lot of skill sets that I started to cultivate during that time that I've taken with me you know, into Thrive After Sports. And I had many other jobs after that before I officially started Thrive After Sports. But like that job was, that career service advisor was like the launching point for me. That's great. Yeah. It's, so it, it seems like you're, you've been passionate about coaching people in general. Like well, where, where does that come from? You think? I don't know, man. I think, um, 
feel cheesy when I say this, but I think I was always a little bit mature for my age. I think that's something that my parents always told me. I was like, you know, very big on being independent early on and kind of like the even more mature than some of my peers in many ways. So I think I've always been like the person amongst my friend group that, uh, of course, people younger than me, but even the same age people might go to for advice. So, but really I, I found in that career services role and the job that I had after that, which was like a job placement coordinator working for San Diego County, helping low-income families find employment. Once again, going out in the community, developing jobs, helping connect these folks with jobs, doing training. I found a passion for like helping people get from point A to point B. So like you said, it's coaching, right? So I started to develop that love for like, it feels really good if I can take someone who's lost or who needs support trying to get where they're, where they're wanting to go. And I can walk them through that process to help them achieve that end result. So yeah, man, I guess, and probably football, of course, like, you know, you help the, or any sport, you help the people coming up behind you and help your younger teammates or you want to help everyone around you get better. So I think I just carry that with me into life after football as well. That's, that's great. Yeah. So when I, I want to ask you about like when people find you, like what are, what place are they at when they, when they come to, when they find your stuff, like, like personally, I mean, where are they typically at in their career or their life? Like maybe that would resonate with somebody listening now. Um, yeah. When, when they first get to you. There are a few different places, as you might imagine. So it's either a professional athlete, uh, Olympic athlete, or student athlete who's either coming up on graduation or they've graduated and they're kind of out in the real world trying to figure it out. So there are really only two or three places people are when they find out about my work and they reach out. There's the person who's like, look, I just retired. I have no idea what I'm doing with my life. I'm completely lost. Basically the younger version of me, right? <laughs> so there's that person that's probably like easily a 30% or 33%. The other third is folks who they retired or they graduated from college or they retired from their professional sport. They've been out in the, the real world, as we say, for a couple years, maybe sometimes five, six, seven, eight years. And they're just miserable. They're like, look, I haven't had meaning or purpose or fulfillment in my life since I retired from my sport and I'm just lost. I'm in this job. It sucks. I need to figure out what's going to light me up because this isn't doing it. So people who are later in their careers, there's there's those folks. Then sometimes I get people like I was just doing a coaching call right before this. I won't give too much information about the guy, but uh, former or he's a professional soccer player. He's planning on retiring within the next year and already has an idea of what he wants to do. He wants to get into sports marketing. So and a quick side note on that, Joe, not just not to get long winded on you. As you might imagine, a lot of athletes re who reach out to me want to get into sports marketing, coaching. I'm very intentional about vetting why they want to get into certain things like, hey, do you want to get into this because it actually is fulfilling or is it just like a comfort zone for you? So I, I definitely have a lot of those conversations. But in this case, the guy I was talking about sports marketing is a great fit for him because he wants to revolutionize the way it's done. But yeah, that's the third group of people. It's folks who are coming up on retirement and have a really solid idea of what they want to do. They just want to start planting the seed and building uh, their careers early on so that when they retire, they can have a smooth landing. So honestly, I wish I was in that frame of mind, but I was just yep. playing football and partying. So <laughs> you and you and me, you and me both, not football, <laughs> but baseball, I had baseball and definitely enjoy myself and was ready to ready to move on from the game. And then I've said this a, a few times on different episodes, but you get it a couple of years in 
and you look back, you're like, man, I actually had it pretty good when I was in college and like grinding it out with, you know, with morning lifts and all that stuff that you hate at the time. But, um, yeah, so, so that's, that's how we connected. And I, I, I want to ask you like about some of those initial questions that you, that you ask people, like, like you're talking about making sure people are doing it for the right reason, like that, that why are there a couple questions that you typically ask people that uncover some of that for themselves? Yeah. You know, everyone's situation is different. Of course. Um, I never, I understand that everyone has a different thing that they're needing at the time. Like for example, someone may reach out to me and before I start asking them career-based questions, I start asking them like, Hey, how are you doing? Like, because a lot of people are in a state, as you know, where before you can even start thinking about what you want to do career wise, like you need to process some of these things that you're going through in terms of no longer competing. Who are you outside of the Jersey? Um, how did your career end? Was it an in, was it an injury? Do you feel like you fell short because you didn't make it to the pros? Um, these types of things are where I pride myself on being able to meet people where they're at and help them navigate some of those emotional things that come with transitioning out of your sport. But when it comes to specifically like helping people get clear on their direction, a big question that I find myself asking is before we talk about what it is that you want to do, as in like what's on your business card, what's going to be your headline on LinkedIn, what's your job title going to be? I find myself asking people, think about how you actually want to live in terms of what you want your life to look like. Because sometimes people will think they want to do something without considering what it actually will take to get there or what it actually looks like when you arrive. You know, like someone tells me, I, I use this example a lot, but it's, I think it's a great analogy. If someone were to tell me, Hey, I want to be a lawyer. A lot of times it's like, that means, you know, you think you're going to be wearing a fancy suit and driving a Maserati, which, you know, good for you, but like, you're actually going to be, you know, in the courtroom and pushing a lot of papers and trying to get clients and going to years of schooling so you can pass the bar and all these types of things. So uh, those are things that I take into consideration early on because the biggest thing for me is being intentional and having clarity, which I didn't have from the get go. So like, that's my biggest focus when I'm helping someone is like, how can I help you get 100% clear on where you're going and why you want to go there so we can take intentional action each step of the way, mm -hmm. you know? Mm -hmm. Do you think that clarity comes at times though from eating, eating crap for a little bit? You know, like you have to get <laughs> like. Like you get clarity by, I don't know, like, like it's hard to find that at 22, 23 years old. Like you almost have to get punched in the face sometimes to figure out some of that clarity. So is that a balancing act a little bit, you think? Um, I think so. Sorry, go ahead. I didn't mean to. No, no, no. Go, go ahead. So yes. And that's a great point you bring up. I think so trial and error can be a great teacher, of course, but I think I would have benefited like I, I talk to people who trial and error is the only thing that's going to teach them, but having conversations with me and not just me or other people in their life who can give them guidance or clarity makes a world of difference. So they don't have to go through the trial and error, right? Like I may, if someone was in my ear, if I was talking to my younger self, I may not have taken that sales job at first. If I had someone saying, Hey, think about how you want to live. Well, I know I want to help people, right? Okay. Let's look at careers where you can like help people or do some sort of coaching, which would have narrowed down my path a lot sooner versus learning through trial and error. Um, I think some people, to your point, they may have an idea while they're playing of like, oh, I wanna do this when I'm done competing. And then once they get into that thing, they realize like, oh, this is not what I thought it was. 
And now I need some help trying to pivot and figure out what it is that I actually want to do. So to your point, though, yes, trial and error sometimes is the only teacher that will get the message across. For sure. Yeah. That's, and that's what, so I'm, tw- I'm 28 now, going to be 29 soon. And it's funny, like, like you described, like people want to be a lawyer. I, I remember specifically thinking, I'm like, yeah, I'll, I'll go to happy hours and sitting and everything like that. And I'll, I'll be making, I don't know what the dollar amount was in my head, but something six figure, right? Like you, you think that that's, that's it. But then you kind of find out that there's like, there's a lot more behind, you have to uncover, you got to peek behind the curtain a little bit. And to your point, it's like, if I think, how are you doing is a, is a great question that we, we overlook a lot of times. It's like, you can ask somebody, I, I asked that question a ton because I'm in a sales gig now. You ask that question a ton of times every day, but how often do you actually mean that? Probably not all the time. Or how, how often do you actually listen to how somebody's doing? I guess is my point. So That's a fact, Joe. Yeah. Usually, not just whether you're in a sales job or not, but usually as people, we just ask people how they're doing as a formality. Like in my case, when I ask someone how they're doing, I'm actually trying to see if there's anything I can help them with to like help it move their life forward, which I understand there are certain obstacles you have to overcome. Otherwise you're not going to be able to move your life forward. So yeah, good point. Yeah. How about your, uh, how about your mindset? Like how that shifted? Cause I'm sure you can recall how maybe, maybe what you were thinking and times where you weren't in a, as great of a position, but how has your mindset changed since, since early on? I think I've completely eliminated any sort of victim mentality from my mind. I think there was a lot of, if we're talking about when I first graduated, there was a lot of blaming the school for not preparing me, um, blaming the economy or, you know, I I remember getting together with some of my friends and, you know, we'd be having lunch and just saying things like, yeah, man, if we would have graduated in the the eighties or nineties, like this degree would have meant something and we would be making six figures by now. But it's like those types of conversations and that line of thinking doesn't serve you. So I'd say like I could probably go on and on in terms of the way my mindset's changed, but I'd say that's the biggest difference is I've completely eliminated any sort of victimhood. Like no matter what happens to me in my life, I'm not a victim, which I think, you know, these days a lot of times, as you know, Joe, being a victim, we live in a time where being a victim is like celebrated. Like it's, we're trying to see who can be the biggest victim sometimes. And that victim gets all the praise and reward. Like, oh, you're such a, you're so brave. You're such a victim. (laughs) But I find that the people who are actually uh, successful and and live the lives that they really want to live on their own terms, they don't allow themselves to become victims at, at any point. That doesn't mean that bad things don't happen to you or, you know, adversity doesn't strike, but the way you're thinking about navigating that determines where you end up. So Mm. Yeah. It took some time, man. I, I was a victim for many years in my own mind. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's definitely not easy to, to change that mindset. It, are, there, are there things that you're doing? Um, are, are people that you rely on? Cause you're a coach. Like I'm sure at times it can, or it can get to the point where you're like, man, I'm, I'm kind of giving people all this advice all the time. And do you ever, do you lean on anybody yourself to, to stay in check at all? I have a lot of great people in my life, man. And I I talk in my book about, and this is not like a shameless plug for my book. I'm just saying that this is important enough. Give the the shameless (laughs) plug. Let's let's hear it. In my book, Thrive After Sports, which you can get on my website and on Amazon. (laughs) um, I 
I talk about, and I, I like to look at that book as like, yes, you can see it behind me if you if you guys are watching this on video. Like it's my face is on the cover, but it's not an autobiography because who am I like for you to read about my life story? The book is designed to be a tool where by the time you put that book down, you will have 100% clarity on where you're going, why you're going there, and you'll have carved out a plan for yourself. So I say all that to say, when you ask me about people that I have, uh, that I lean on, or like I get coaching or advice or support from, I've been very intentional about drafting people. Like in the book, there's an entire chapter called drafting mentors, which means attracting people, finding people who are like where you want to be or that you know you can learn from or can help you in some way, shape or form. And I call it drafting mentors because it's like finding a way to draft them into your life and allowing those people or really asking them to be that type of person for you, if that makes sense. So I've been intentional about finding people who are living the type of life that I want, serving in the way that I want to serve. Um, but even outside of mentors, like my family, you know, my wife, my family, like I know that I can, uh, you know, my mom, my dad, my wife, like I can go to them, some of my friends, I can go to them with things that I'm dealing with and get like, get it off my chest or get a different perspective that's going to help me. If, with whatever I'm dealing with at the time. So mm -hmm. yes, every coach needs a coach. And I think that's what you're really getting at. For sure. That's exactly what I'm getting at. Yeah. Um, so you, you do a ton of these, right? Like you do a lot of pot, well, between your podcast and being on podcasts as well. Um, is there something that people like maybe don't know about you that like that's overlooked at all? You know, like, cause you probably get asked a lot about your business. Um, get asked a lot about how you got to Stony Brook and everything. Like, is there anything about you personally that maybe people don't know about that is your story? You know, like, Hey Joe, you're doing a hell of a job, man. I love these questions. This is good. <laughs> try is good. man. I don't try. <laughs> man. So two things out, um, man, I was not prepared for that one. I gotta, I have to give that some thought. I'll say this. Picture with the curveball. Yeah. Yeah. That was, hey, mission accomplished. So, Two things that immediately came to mind. Um, number one, I'm extremely introverted. I think a lot of people wouldn't guess that because I'm doing a high level of interaction each day, like podcasts or like you said, or putting out content or interacting with people on coaching sessions or reaching out to universities to sell my services and things like that. So, but I'm extremely introverted, meaning that I, although when I'm with people, I'm very intentional about being with people and being present and interacting with people in a meaningful way. In an, in, in an intentional way, but I love being by myself. Like I'm never bored. I don't need much to entertain me. There's always something for me to work on. There's always something for me to learn. So I think people are usually surprised. Like, how do you do a podcast and you talk to people all day long, but like you're introverted? Like I, my recharge time is spent alone. That's the first one. The other thing is like, I had some friends my freshman year of high school who introduced me to heavy metal so like i'm a metal head like a lot of <laughs> let's you wouldn't let's think, go <laughs> you wouldn't think like a black dude who grew up in southern california like and I, I listen to all types of music but like if i'm about to hit the weights i'm putting on some metal like mm. or sometimes if i just want to pump myself up for the day uh, i've gotten better about finding metal that has like positive messages in it so it's not just like you know i don't want to start my day off listening to like death metal just straight, <laughs> not just straight screaming about yeah <laughs> really bad things in your ear. <laughs> yeah like it's not a great way to you know or, but anyway that's probably something most people wouldn't know about uh -huh. all right 
little bit of Breaking Benjamin or or Five Finger Death Punch. Five right? Finger yeah. Death Punch. <laughs> um, I'm I'm more on the like August Burns Red. If you know about that, like they're, I'm not necessarily a Christian, but they're a Christian band and the messages are so positive that like you can get pumped up to it, but sometimes the messages are so like powerful and positive that I'll find myself getting emotional listening to these guys. So yeah. August yeah. Burns Red is my favorite band of all time. Okay. Yeah. There's check a- them out. If you're listening, some of you guys are going to be like, what? Go, go check them out. Yeah. People are going to be like, wait a minute. I did not expect, I was just hoping to get career advice, but <laughs> uh, that's, that's cool though. Yeah. I, I like that. So based, based on what you're saying, like you're introverted, but I've found you, like if you were so introverted that you were just sitting in your room and like on, you know, not posting anything online, I would have never come across your stuff. So how do you how do you separate that with posting things on LinkedIn and not uh, uh, I guess like putting out for the world and not being ashamed of it? Maybe that's the word or like I mean, embarrassed is probably a better way to say it. like not being embarrassed just to put yourself out there. Like how do you separate the two a little bit? Yeah, no, I th- I think uh, so. For me, it's kind of like what we were talking about at the very beginning uh, when we when we jumped on here. It's I put things out there because I know they're going to help people. So it's like, I'm not embarrassed because number one, I'm confident in what I'm saying and the work. Like if you look at my website, all the testimonials people I've worked with, I know that what I do and the way my approach to helping athletes, uh, former athletes transition or just with their careers, I know it works. So I know that I'm 100% confident in what I'm saying. And I know when I put it out there, it's going to help someone. I will say part of me being introverted is like, I don't really like spending a bunch of time online. So like, you know, I challenge anyone right now to go look at my Instagram or go look at my website. I don't think I've posted anything this year on LinkedIn or Instagram. Like we're already coming up, you know, we're halfway through February at this point, you know, the granted I just had a son so that I'm trying to balance that. But like, I don't post a lot or if I do post, I go in spurts, you know, like I'll go on like a two month streak where I'm posting a few times a week and then you won't hear anything from me from like for months at a time. And I'll be like, well, at least all my old podcast episodes are there. So there's plenty to listen to, to catch up while I'm hibernating, you know? (laughs) Exactly. Yeah. Well, there, there is a lot out there, but yeah, I, that's, that's the thing, man. It's like, it's so powerful, right? Like we're, we're able to connect through the internet, but at the same time, like you, you really have to separate. And that's, that's something I've been thinking a lot about recently is like, you got to separate what's in your community, like what's around you versus you can get so sucked into Twitter and Instagram and all that stuff. Like you got to use it as a tool versus you have to use it versus let it, letting it use you, I think. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Yeah. Um, I, I wanted to ask you about maybe like a, a specific athlete or, or two athletes that really had a big impact on you. Like I, I'm sure you, you come across tons of different athletes and people from different walks of life, but is there anything that you've learned from, from them that has like changed you at all? Uh, I'm curious, man. I learned something from everybody. Um, you're making me want to like go through my, <laughs> I'm actually going to pull this up to see if I can find someone in particular, like through a story the, testimon- tell you. Through the testimonials. Yeah. Um, I was, while you're looking at that, I was, mm-hmm. and I, I mentioned this to you on the phone the other day, but there was a, a basketball player. I, I forget. I forget his name, but he was doing, he was like waking up early and he was doing big, big mindset guy. He seemed like, I, I forget what his, forget what his name was, but 
uh, it just, it speaks to what you're doing and just some of the testimonials that people are willing to kind of put their, you know, put themselves out there and be like, Hey, this is what I was going through. Taj helped walk me from point A to hopefully point B or, or whatever the next step is. So it's, it speaks to what you're doing. Thank you, Joe. Awesome. Yeah, man. I, I think I, so I do, I do those testimonials for a couple of reasons, really three reasons. Of course, like it's, it's no secret selfishly by showing what I'm doing and them speaking to how I help them, it helps attract more people who want to work with me. So it helps grow the business and expand my, my impact. The other thing is to your point, if someone is telling their story, like I could, I graduated from college 10 years ago. So we're coming up on like 11 years now. So for me, it's one thing for me to keep talking about my story, my transition, but like if someone is just going through their transition or they're struggling and they just retired and they have no idea what to do, it makes a bigger difference if you hear it from someone who like just went through it. So that's part of it too, is for me to have folks tell their story and talk about how they did it because it's fresh. You know, like my story, you, you hear that damn near on every podcast, but if someone else is talking about what they went through and you're like, oh, I'm not the only one going through it, all these other people are going through it and they made it through the other side too. So. But to answer your initial question about like, I really do mean it. I was just looking through like some clients I've worked with. It's hard to pinpoint um, even in the, it's such subtle ways, right? It's not like, oh, I work with this client and they changed my entire life. It might be like, I work with this client and they introduced me to someone who ended up being like a guest on my podcast. Like I had one client, just as an example, who um, <laughs> his name is Kyle Wiest. He told me about Ken Coleman, who's a career coach. He was like, hey, what you're doing, man, it reminds me of Ken Coleman. Like, and I was like, who's that? So I looked him up, then I started following Ken Coleman. Then one day I got up the nerve to reach out to Ken Coleman and I ended up having him on my podcast. And Ken Coleman's like, a, you know, part of the Dave Ramsey network. He's big time, yeah. He's yeah. big time. So like stuff like that, little serendipitous stuff comes through each one of my coaching relationships or I'll learn something from someone or I'll get better as a coach because of, what I help this person navigate through and it'll help prepare me for the next person when I see that situation. So yeah, man. Yeah. I'm happy you brought that up because I, I came across that episode that, with Ken Coleman and I think it, in there you asked, or you guys talked about at one point, just reaching out to people kind of cold, like send, whether it's a cold email or a cold call or, or whatever it is, like, um, what, why do you think that's important? Or, like mustering up the courage to just reach out to somebody blindly like, why would you encourage somebody to to do that? Yeah, no matter who you are, no matter what you're trying to accomplish, I would encourage anyone to reach out to people who you feel like, uh, I mean, ideally it's a two-way street and you can be beneficial to them too. But like, if you're like, hey, I think this person can help me, I'm just gonna humble myself and ask this person for their advice. I think that's important to do because A, you have nothing to lose. So for those of you out there who are like, oh, I can never, you know, uh, be that vulnerable and reach out to someone like, what do you have to lose? The worst that happens is someone says no, or they just don't reply at all. And then your life hasn't changed. So I think that's why you should do it. Yeah. And then also like, that's the number, like that's my number one advice to anyone who is trying to, like that's a cheat code that most people don't think of. You know, it, it's, it's apprenticeship, it's mentorship. Like once you have clarity and you know what you're going after, the whole recipe is to find other people who are doing that exact thing or some variation of it and connect with them. And the more of those people you connect with and have conversations with and get advice and guidance from, the more mentors you draft into your life, the faster you're gonna get where you wanna go. So mm -hmm. that's why it's important to me. Thank you, yeah, thank, thank you for that. Um, you just said something interesting too, like figuring out what you, what you want. 
And I've talked about this with, with one, of my, one of my buddies a little bit. He says, like, what do you – and it's, it's kind of a mouthful, but, like, what do you want to want? Like, what do you actually want to go after? Um, how, do, how do you think about that? Like, how do you like, – like, you've, you've – at least from the outside, it seems like you've figured out, like, what you want. You want to help people get – transition out of college sports or professional sports into what's next, but that could change, you know, that could maybe change at some, who knows, but how do you think about like figuring out what you actually want? So I have an exercise that I find myself going to, even for myself, honestly, um, I'm constantly, you may have heard me share this on the podcast. Uh, the exercise that I recommend is it's called who, what, and how where basically you get a sheet of paper and you write three columns across the page. Well, the first column is who, the second one is what, and the third one is how. The reason I like this is because when you're in a place of trying to find clarity or figure it out, you know, how you want to contribute to the world, it's important to understand who, like, who you want to impact. Like what group of people, what demographic of people do you want to be involved in serving in some way, shape, or form? So for me, of course, it's retired athletes. So that's my who. The what is, okay, what do you want to help retired athletes with? Like there are a lot of different, if I'm using myself as an example, there are a lot of different ways you could help retired athletes, financial literacy, or, um, you know, there, there are plenty of things to do. For me, it just happens to be clarity, life's direction, uh, career, business, all that type of stuff. How you help them is where you get to be selfish. What I mean by that is there are a lot of different hows, right? Coming back to myself as an example, if I wanted to help athletes with their life's direction after their sport, I can go work in an athletic department or, you know, there are a lot of different ways to do it, but I choose to do it independently and, you know, virtually on Zoom or on phone calls so I can work with athletes anywhere in the world, as opposed to being limited to working at one university with one set of athletes. Not that there's nothing, there's nothing wrong with that. There are, there are plenty of great people who do that work. But what I'm saying is when it comes to constantly checking in with myself, I always revisit that list. Like at a certain point, I started doing career coaching for non-athletes. Um, truthfully, I don't enjoy it as much. So revisiting my who, what, and how kind of reminded me of that. So I don't, I'll, I still do it. I have a couple of career coaching clients right now who are not former athletes. No disrespect to them. I wouldn't be working with them if I didn't enjoy working with them specifically. But in general, I'd prefer to be working with athletes. So I kind of like strayed away from expanding Thrive After Sports or expanding what I'm doing into like, oh, I work with athletes and the general population as like, I'm just going to stay in my lane and work with athletes. So hopefully I answered your question, man. I got long winded on you. Sorry. No, no, I, I love it. Yeah. Who, who, what, and how? I mean, yeah. Cause you, 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 explore, it sounds like you explore that a little bit. Like, like how can I grow the business versus actually kind of niching down and what you're really good at at the time being. So yeah, that's, uh, I like that a lot. Um, well, cool, man. I so I I, I want to ask you a few more things. Then I I appreciate you coming on here. I respect uh, or appreciate your time. I should say. Um, how about football? Like, you have any any good football stories from <laughs> from uh, from college or from high school? Like, is there one story that sticks out in your head? Football stories. Um. <laughs> The story that's popping into my mind is ridiculous. I'll, I'm, gonna share, I'm gonna share it anyway, man. This is so stupid. Uh, but whatever, this is what came to me, so I'll share it. Um, oh. I'm not gonna. I'm sharing a story from high school because 
like my college my you guys can look up my I actually don't look up my stats but people are going to look it up now like I didn't have a great career at Stony Brook I'm not ashamed of that and I there are many different reasons why that is but I won't bore anyone to death with that but I don't have any glorious or funny stories from Stony Brook as it relates to football at least but in high school I had a coach who would tell us like uh hey you know don't don't have sex before games like at least give yourself a few days ideally like a week before games because you know you want to build the testosterone up i know people say that about boxing and stuff like that too like you're not supposed to release um and so i would try to practice it but you know you're a kid in high school like 17 18 years old you're trying to get it in that's all you're thinking about when you're not playing your sport <laughs> so anyway i had a uh sorry joe i might have to edit that out that was a long process of me trying to find the, the mic <laughs> the muted so there was a, a championship game actually my senior year uh where we played like a rival and sure enough uh, i was getting it in the night before <laughs> like early into the morning you know you have you have a lot of stamina when you're 17 or 18 years old um so like to like three four in the morning and then you know we had a game the next day and it was one of the best games <laughs> It's a big night. <laughs> Congratulations. Thank you, man. Yeah. I was I was new to the game, so I was exploring my capabilities. You yeah. know? Um, but I ended up after that, ended up having one of the best games of my life. And like, you know, we won the the game. And so I go over to the sideline and that same coach who gave that advice, he was like, man. What do you? What did you do, man? This is I, I've never even seen you play like this. It's one of the best games you've ever had, and I was like, I got it in last night, <laughs> and I never let him. I never let him live that down because his advice clearly, you know, was null and void at least for that game. So, and bad advice. <laughs> don't don't tell your players to to reel it in. <laughs> <laughs> reel it in. I like that. That's a good way. There, there you go. Well, maybe, I mean, hopefully you, uh, you continued playing well, if you know what I mean. Um, <laughs> <laughs> anyway, didn't expect it to go down this route, but me neither, man. It. That's just, that's love what it. popped up. F football stories. <laughs> <laughs> um, but that's, that's funny. Uh, well, cool, man. I, I listen, like I said, I, I appreciate what you're doing. Like you, you get to the point where you kind of, start researching some of these things and you're like what resources are out there and and it's hard to find good ones and i think you're you're definitely a good one just in terms of like you like we were talking about the testimonials and just the podcast that you're putting out there with with thoughts so um you know you're you're doing cool stuff for people what's what's like the next phase for you you know I, i'm sure that you're you've got a lot of good things going with the coaching but where does that go next? First of all, I, I can't just like gloss over that flurry of compliments you just gave me. So thank you. And I pride myself. It's one of those things where I have mixed emotions about this space of athlete transition because it's one of those things that's gotten really crowded over the years, meaning a lot of people are talking about it and claiming to do it. But most people are just talking about it, like posting things, which is there's nothing wrong with raising awareness, but there's a difference between you know, putting a meme out there that says you're more than an athlete and that and actually like helping people, building out programming, you know, partnering with universities, putting out content, writing books, all that stuff. 
So I don't say that from an egotistical standpoint. I'm just saying that sometimes it's, I'm glad that I'm able to cut through the noise, especially since I don't post a lot, <laughs> but just people, it's, it's helpful for me to know that people recognize that I'm actually doing meaningful work that's been helping people. So thank you for that. Um, sure. What I'll say is that I think for me, I'm at a point where like, I never wanted, like I'm a coach, right? I never wanted to really be a speaker, but I'm being invited to speak more and more to teams and universities. So I think I just need to embrace that. Like if that's what's needed and if that's, what's going to make a difference. And if people are inviting me to do that, then I should probably just, it's not, it's not even necessarily about what I want at this point. It's about like what's needed to make a difference. And if that is going to help expand what I'm doing and help more athletes get support, then I'll continue to do that. Like I said, I'm introverted. It freaks me out to think like, oh, I'm traveling to another city to go speak to a group of student athletes tomorrow. Like it makes me nervous. I'd rather be here at home on Zoom or doing a phone call and doing a coaching call so that more speaking is, is coming up for sure. And then also, man, I'm, I'm looking for partnerships. Like I think I'm at a point right now where it's too early in the athlete transition space to like build out a team of other coaches. And I've helped other people start transition coaching businesses, but in terms of like, Hey, I'm going to train an army of thrive after sports coaches. And I don't think there's enough resources in the space for me to build it like that quite yet. Maybe five, 10 years from now that could change when more resources are being allocated to this type of work. So for the time being, I enjoy actually delivering the services, right? Delivering the, the speaking, the coaching and things like that. So what's next for me is more so continuing to do that and finding organizations, whether that be schools or nonprofits or professional teams or just companies that are looking to um, help pour more energy and resources into this space and aligning myself with those organizations so I can put food on the table for my family, but also continue to do what I do at a high level and make sure athletes are getting quality transition, you know, life coaching, career coaching services and things like that. Sure. Yeah, that's, that's great. Yeah. And the speaking, I, I know that's, that's something that is, is probably needed. Maybe. I, I don't know. Like, I don't know how many, uh, I, I'm just thinking about when I was in school, like at, at Seton Hall, there, there was definitely people that came and talked, but I don't, it was more so just career related, like not more, not really about, all right, here's a reality of what getting in the work world and getting out of sports looks like. You know, so actually having that land with with student athletes when they're still in college it would definitely be powerful. So, yeah, I don't know if that's a push for you to to accept that advice and get. Yeah, because public speaking, it, it's it's probably one of the most sought after skill or I guess probably important skills, right? Just in at least in the business world and everything. But but it's not easy. So. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I'll take it as a push, Joe. I think uh, as much as I really don't like doing it, I know it's necessary. It's one of those things where I'm nervous about it. And then after it's over, I'm like, I'm glad I did that. You know, I'm glad sure. I'm, I feel good because I know I made an impact. Definitely. So. Definitely. All right, man. Well, if somebody got to the point where they're still listening to this, I hope, and they want to reach out to you, like if they're, if they're in a place that they, you know, are, are looking for that next step, where can they find you? Um, Maybe mention your book again, if you don't mind, just like what, what can they, what can they do to, to reach out to you and learn more? Yeah, I would say just go to the website, tajdeshan.com. It's that's still the website to this day. I haven't changed it to thrive after sports or anything, but if you Google my name or if you Google thrive after sports, or you just go to the main website, that'll take you wherever you want to go. So on the website is the hub because that 
there's the link to my Instagram, my LinkedIn, my emails on there. The link to join my community of retired athletes supporting other athletes is on there. The link to buy the book is on there. The link to uh, listen to the podcast, no matter what podcast platform you listen on, all that is on the website. So I'm not hard to find. Just do a quick Google search or visit the website. And I'm pretty intentional about, you know, if you're someone who needs support, um, reach out. Like it may not look like, oh, you need to go through an intensive coaching program. It may look like, hey, let me send you a book. Check out these podcast episodes. I think this will get you where you want to go. So I'm into meeting people where they're at. And if you reach out to me, I'll meet you where you're at and get you exactly what you need. Sure. And I can attest to that just because you you took my call, man. You answered my LinkedIn message and we've been able to connect a few times since then. And I feel like, you know, I consider you a guy that I would definitely reach out to and just bounce something off of at this point. And I'm, I'm appreciative of that. So. So thank you again for, for what you're doing. I, thanks again for coming on to the podcast. And um, like I said, not to give you too many compliments here, but you're doing good, you know, you're doing good stuff for people. And, and I think um, if you're an athlete looking for that next step, for sure, reach out to Taj and, and just find out more about him. So thank you, Joe. With, uh, yes, sir. I'll take those compliments, brother. I'll take all, all right. of them. <laughs> thanks for having me on the show, man. This, this was great. This was a, a, an awesome conversation. I like the different angles you came in. So it's always fun for me to be able to answer, uh, to be caught off guard by questions. So I, I enjoy those ones. I appreciate you. Sure. Did not see heavy metal on the uh, on the bingo card today. But hey, check out August Birds Red, man. I'm telling go you. Check, go check it out. <laughs> All right, Todd. Thanks again, man. And then uh, at some point in the future, we'll, we'll hop on here again and do it again. Let's do it. Thank cool. you, Joe. All right. You got it.